What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. Before we get into it, an incredible announcement. This is going to stop the nation, but the summer bloke shirts and singlets we are bringing back. That is right. We are bringing back, and not only are we bringing them back, they are going to be 50% off as well. I didn't want anyone else to miss out on the 50% off sale. It would be a bit harsh on me for the, everyone that missed out on the summer bloke shirts to, to charge full price. So they will also be 50% off, which is Maddie's around $27, around, around $25, $27, which I'm getting robbed. I'm getting robbed, but it's all right. It's all right. Uh, so that is going to be on December the 4th, 6 p.m. That is a Monday, December the 4th, 6 p.m., 50% off all singlets and shirts, the summer bloke ones, plus we've added a new color in the singlets. That's right. A matching colors, uh, the white that we've got in the shirt, we've got that in the singlet now as well. Just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. And I tell you what, we are in the depths, the absolute hellscape that is the off season. Something, honestly, I woke up this morning and I nearly said, Guru, can we just start talking about origin already? Can we do it? <laughs> Guru, can we just start? Can we give our predicted 17? Come on, give me something. I've got a team ready to know. you got a team ready you to go? You tell me when, I'm ready to go. You know what we should do? I've we got should, the under-19s ready to I go. I was going to say, we should go 19s, 18s, <laughs> 16s, even if there's a 14 side. Timmy the Tin Heart has returned. Mate, give us the fucking lowdown. How was America? You're a dog. Oh, I'll be honest with you, Kemp. Yeah, everyone thought I was going over there for leisure and a bit of an off-season holiday, but it was actually a forced holiday. I went over there for elective surgery. I, um, I'll be honest, I, the, this Timmy the Tin Heart stuff, it's, <laughs> it's got to me this year. <laughs> it's got to me, and it started to stick as well, which has hurt as well. So I said, screw this, you know, I'd do something about it. So I went over there, best surgeons in the world, elective surgery, all the best athletes go over there, Tommy Turbo, Joel Mitt, the Tin Heart, we've all gone over and... Um, <laughs> Look, to cut a long story short, my heart's been liquefied in gold <laughs> and this tin heart stuff, it's done because there's 18 carat gold sitting on this ticker. <laughs> oh, oh, Timmy the ticker? Timmy, something to do with ticker? I'll have a think about it. But you have a think. I'll have a think. I'll have a think. If you've gone over there and gone to those lengths mm. and you obviously don't need Tim, Timmy the tin heart, what about Timmy the tin man? You do love a tin. I can be tin man, yeah, yeah, tin and, man. and also, like, you've still got the tin about you, yeah. just not in the heart, yeah, the ticker exactly. area. Okay. The Round heart, one's going to come around and he'll be tipping wingers again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no you, doubt about it. Exactly. You weren't called Timmy the Tin Heart for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> it was for your picks. <laughs> uh, how was it anyway, America? It was good, mate. Yeah. We are uh, the pinnacle of the trip. I ended up at a, at a tailgate outside a Texas A&M game with this big, uh, big chili chef and all his mates. And we rocked up there and we we're being fed chili. And within about five minutes, they've got these like eight pronged beer bongs going down. And we're getting thrown into that as the Aussies and the getting Aussies. called Matt Della for Dover and all these sort of things <laughs> and Paddy Mills. And um, after four hours of tailgating in, in Texas, we ended up a game of uh, college football with 110,000 people. So what is tailgating? I might be embarrassing myself here, but what is it? <clears throat> what they do is basically all the college sport, not only college sport, all the American sport over there, but the college stuff in particular. Basically from the game we were at was at 6pm. From 8, 9am in the morning, they're out there setting up and it's just almost like a festival, like mm. a campsite music festival. And everyone has their, you know, their, their tent setups and their barbecues and they all their drinking games, their beer pongs and the music. And they've got like three TVs there with all the NFL games and other college games going on at the time. Mm. And everyone just goes out there and just has a bunch of fun, eat food, drink beers and that leading <coughs> into the game. And then by the time the game comes around four, five, six hours later, everyone's charged going in and they just make 
we go to a game and we go to for two hours and that's kind of it. You might go for a beer with the mm. boys beforehand. <clears throat> they turn it out into a like a twelve hour day just mm. to celebrate the day of sport. It's yeah. it's an incredible culture yeah. the way they do it. Tell you what, sounds better than what I thought it was. I, it's what I it's what I do when people cut me off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah beers and shit. Mate, it's couldn't recommend it anymore. Incredible experience. Yeah, it's uh, like I don't think we fully appreciate until you're probably there. Mm. It's a country of 330 million people. Like we're what 25 million people. It's just a different ball game. In, we're talking about college games as well, weren't we? You went, you went to college. Yeah, it's college. Yeah, a college game. 110,000. Far out. That is actually crazy. We, we went in there, and like I'm not a big American football fan, but I was in there with my mate in the stands, and it was remarkable. Like when they do the kickoffs, and half the time they just drop down, or like they let it go dead, and the kickoffs are almost like redundant in, in American football. Yeah, football yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, they run it off the kickoff. The bloke goes the length off the first kickoff or the pun or whatever you call it of the game. Runs. Me and my mate are going nuts, and we're like, "Why is everyone so quiet?" We're like, oh shit, we got the wrong team. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie, how's your weekend, mate? Good. With no sport on, I actually went to a Bushdorf and I hired out the bloke in a bar company owned ghillie suit. Which First fucking I'm hearing about. I don't know who you hide it from. <laughs> yeah, no, I hide it from um from myself actually. I just took it. But yeah, it was a it was a like a wood like a woodlands theme, and yeah, just it was a big hit, but it freaked out a lot of vulnerable people. Oh, really? When the, when the night got a little bit later. And your missus were filthy because you weren't there? Yeah, yeah. I was gone the whole time. <laughs> Maddie, I'm fucking right here. I'm in a ghillie suit. Um, that ad you two did the other day was unreal, by the way. Oh, the uh, the bargain hunter. Yeah. My missus thought it was fucking ridiculous, but. <laughs> That's why. I mean, look. Will it win an Oscar? Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, no, that was a. That was that, that didn't take that long to film, to be honest. Mm. About three hours. Mm. And and his cock didn't fall off, which is a, fucking, <laughs> yeah. a yeah. massive benefit. Um, I'll improvise that By the way Guru no script Yeah not bad yeah, just Beck was watching it Going what the fuck is this So to annoy her Every time you were in the background I was going Oh there's Denon <laughs> Shut the fuck up Oh it's funny Like I speak to Maddie About this all the time But anytime there's like A really good post Or like content People are going to be like Oh Maddie's got to get a raise For this And I'm like Motherfuckers It's me <laughs> I've I, I been doing this Since day dot You motherfuckers Give me some credit <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, it's if all and if there's a shit post, it's, yeah, Matty. It's Matty. <laughs> it's Matty. Um, anyway, uh, do not forget the 50% off sale is still going. I think we've got a few, probably, I don't know, 100 jerseys left. Maybe 100 coolers bags left. Not that many. Like, most of the stuff has been sold out, guys. So if you want to get it, get in there now. Get your 50% off sale. Because um, once it's gone, it is gone and we don't do 50% of sale for minimum another year, maybe even longer. Plus, Bloke Lager is currently on special at all IGA liquor stores in New South Wales. Get in your local, grab a case of Bloke beer. If you're, if you're umming and ahhing about giving it a try, give Bloke beer a try, guys. It's absolutely beautiful. Got a brand new midi as well. Uh, and it is the beer of Australian sport. Get down to your local. I know you're probably driving your car, you're at the gym, oh, I'll just get my usual beer. It's, it's, it's easier. Trust me, give her a try, guys. Just uh, It's just a bit little battle of beer. Trying to make good. Did you see that little tent that uh, I saw that post of the the ten most popular beers um, in Australia? It was only one, mate. Only Australia. one yeah. that was in Australia and owned. Kidding. The rest of it is all one hundred percent owned by foreign. Um, Got to fix that. Yeah. You know, well, and look, I own this baby. I own this. I'm Australian. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, let's get straight into it. Face the music. Brought to you by our legend partners at Sportsbet. And you may be wondering where is the great Hammy? Uh, to be honest, he's about as reliable as a bad hummy. That is right. <laughs> he's about as reliable as a bad hummy. He has four good games, five good games, and then his hummy goes again. Typical 
fucking West Tigers player. No, I, just joking. I loved watching Hammy's content the other night of him coming off the dance floor. Oh, yeah. Some moves That's on. maybe where he did his Hammy. Yeah. He and can I, move Hammy. I actually let him, I let him know. I said, you're about as reliable as a bad Hammy. And he wrote, Hammy by name, Hammy by nature. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Hammy isn't here, uh, but we wish him the best. Sort the Hammy out. See the physio. Don't fucking hit top speed until you get back, mate. So all the sports bet content you do, just go 50%. Get top speed back. We'll put you in the. We'll put you back in your chair. Maybe you did the hammy sitting. In t- you can't, couldn't handle Timmy because Timmy's a Volvo. Yeah. <laughs> Timmy's a Volvo. There's a bit of weight in this chair, and he couldn't. He couldn't cop it. A bit, he, he couldn't cop it. He couldn't. Hit. Timmy's a fucking. He is the Corey Horsburgh of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Just a battler getting through work. Hammy's a Ferrari that we bring out of the fucking shit. Yes, mate. I make it look easy. I will tell you what. <laughs> there's a lot of pressure in this seat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Face the music. Brought to you by Sportsbet. Maddie will lead the charge. What's the go here today? Yeah, this is all Hammy's script. So uh, this is coming from Hammy oh, himself. I so want to credit fucking Hammy when he writes it, but when I do it, <laughs> you don't write this was made by Denon. Oh, okay, good. Don't worry about it. This was possibly one of the worst weeks ever. And granted, there wasn't a lot of sport on. I think we were, we were gambling on uh, Marsh Cup and T20s that no one watched. But nonetheless, here it is. Denon. Oh, I'm watching. Are you serious? I was fucking glued <laughs> to the TV, mate. Fucking have some pride in your nation, mate, your dog. <laughs> Okay, Denon wrong. Aussies to win, India end up winning. Marnus top run scorer, he didn't actually play, but you changed it to Warner who then pulled out of the squad. Zamba top wickets, didn't play, so gave him Sanger. Ended up being top wicket taker with two, so he actually only gave you half a point for that. What? Yeah, I don't, I'm just read it, don't shoot the messenger. Your beloved South Australia were humbled by Western Australia in a nail biter at the Wacker. So you got yeah, 0.5. That game. 0.5. I can't believe the boys got done. Unfortunate. Uh, Guru, you actually tipped Western Australia to win Shocking. that Marsh Cup game. But congratulations on that. Thank you. Fortunately, everything else was wrong. Australia to win. Warner didn't play. Abbott, one wicket, but not top. Boromir, top wicket, but uh, he only took one. Race one, Newcastle last Tuesday. The Guru didn't even finish in the top I three. fucking Guru. <laughs> it's never going to win a race. Uh, I got Aussies, wrong, Aussies to win wrong. Berendorf wrong. Tim David, top runs. But he actually... Gave me a half a point for that because he got the most runs out of all of us, but he only got 19, so I'm pretty lucky to get away with that one. Uh, I tipped WA to win, so 1.5. Hammy got Australia wrong, Matt Wade wrong, South Australia in the Derby wrong, but he got Sanger top wickets, and wow, he actually awarded himself a bonus point for that. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, let me read this. Hey, you know what? As a fucking, as the bloke in the bar, he gets every fucking point taken from him from doing that shit. Wow. So, well, calculating the new results then, Hammy, and, Hammy has ended up with zero points, so he ends up losing. That's disgraceful, Hammy. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself giving yourself a bonus point because I bet you without that bonus point, he would have been equal last, correct? He would have been, no, he would have got one point. So one point uh, five ahead of you, but oh, he wouldn't. He wouldn't he have won. Half a point. <laughs> yeah. That's why he gave half a point. And he gave you half a point, and it was the same player. It was oh. the same player. <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable. Hammy, disgrace. Hammy, look, you know what? It probably still isn't up though, is it? The video of him dancing? No, it'd be gone now. Damn it. Well, anyway, the loser this week, I'm, I'm a dictator this week. There's no <laughs> democracy. The loser this week is Hammy. And if you had the, the fortune of following Hammy on Instagram, you would have seen him face the music with the dancing he was doing in his story. Um, can move. Hammy can move. Mm. I think it's really shit to come on here as a good dancer. It's actually yeah. it's bang average form. You know what it's like? It's like the bloke with the good rig getting his shirt off. No one likes that. The yeah. bloke with the rough rig gets his shirt off. We all celebrate it. <laughs> it's the same with dancing. You come on here, fucking dance like Michael Jackson. Get out of here. Get out of here. Uh, all right. 
that is uh, Face the Music brought to you by Sportsbet. Hammy will be back next week. Um, and for all – the Hammy fan base, it's growing. It's growing. For all you guys, Hammy is a part of the show now. He's, uh, he's always going to be part of the show now. So um, unless, you know, he brings the show into disrepute, then we're going to fucking brush him in a second. <laughs> but he's part of the show now, guys. So, um, yeah, celebrate Hammy fans. Get excited. Don't need to stay patient. You need to get excited because <laughs> he's a part of it. Uh, and I can't wait to expand his role as well because it's going to be really good. Big, big, big plans for Bloke in the future. Big, big plans. Hopefully we, we keep the lights on. He's a good addition, <laughs> Hammy. The plan is to keep the lights on, to be honest. You hear all these other fucking content creators talking about fucking 2024 is going to be sick. <laughs> I'm just trying to fucking keep my head above water. All right? Uh, so that's the plan. 2024, keeping the lights on and staying patient. Uh, <laughs> Now, um, oh, okay, sorry, we didn't read this last bit from Hammy. I propose Denny does, Denon does a nudie run, but up to you guys as I'm not there. Unbelievable. Talk about a stitch up, and he didn't do it to my face as well. Couldn't face the beak. You know why? Because the beak's intimidating. It's not the eyes that get some guru, it's the fucking beak. When I'm standing two metres away from them and I'm mm. still in their face, that feels weird for them. You've got two tin hearts. Fucking oath. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, All righty. Now, biggest news over the weekend. Tigers reportedly front runners to sign Luai. It's a reported 4.5 million. Again, guys, with these numbers, it's just reported. We don't know. That would be 1.1, around 1.1 per year. Um, you know, usually you land about the within a 100 or 200K mark of, of an offer. It could be a little bit more, could be a little bit less. I would say around the a million dollar mark is probably what Tigers are offering him with maybe some incentives or even like 900 with some incentives. I, I do think it probably does have some incentives in the contract, but let's just say it's around, around the million dollar mark. Uh, a four year deal reportedly. The report uh, for the Panthers extension is 1.7 over two years. So 850K a year. That's the report guys, again, not confirmed. Uh, Luai's management have indicated they're looking to take offers over $1.2 million uh, a year and above. Uh, I mean, that's typical negotiation. You're always going to go as overs and then move down. Uh, Greg, Greg Alexander shut down any suggestions of Luai being released early, likening it to Matt Burton's situation for a couple of years ago. Tigers are reportedly looking at shopping uh, David Clemmer. It says David Allen here. I don't know if he plays in a role, but I, I think he's like, I've read yeah. that three times. Oh, going, I, if I, do I say this out loud or am I going to look like an idiot? Like, who is David <laughs> Allen? <laughs> yeah, no. David Clemmer. I'm pretty sure it's David Clemmer. Um, okay, so the, the big news is is that is basically like Tigers look like they're in the front, the box seat. But CEO of the Panthers has come out. This is what he's this is what he has been quoted saying. A CEO. I've heard Jerome Luai has had offers of up to $1.4 million, I'm assuming, per year. Whether that's right or wrong, I can't tell you, but it's a lot of money, and if he chooses to take that sort of money, you can't be crook on the bloke. He's playing with us next year, but with the money he's being offered, it makes it difficult for us. The money that Jerome is being offered by the Tigers and some other clubs is ridiculous. We can't compete with that. Look, if Jerome can get massive money like we're hearing, well, well we're happy for him and we wish him all the best. Obviously, our preference is for Jerome to stay. We'd love him to be here, but if he decides to go, it's not a terrible thing for us. Our offer has been made and we can't budge on that. He has to weigh up the balance between money and success. I can understand if Jerome wants to do the best in life and earn the money now that he can. If he gets all that extra money, he will have our blessing to go, but we'd love for Jerome to sign a new deal with us. It's really up to him and his management to decide what's best for him. Either way, whatever decision he makes, Jerome is a lucky boy. 
Whoa. Um, I'm just really surprised the CEO has come out and, and said this kind of stuff. Um, things like we've heard he's being offered $1.4 million a year. Uh, look, and I don't mean this in a rude way at all, but I don't think Jerome Lewis getting offered $1.4 million a year. Um, Caelan Ponger, I think, is currently on $1.4 million. He's arguably the biggest superstar in the game. You know, Jerome Luai, although incredible, great resume, obviously probably not as good as KP in my opinion. Um, I just, if I am reading this, and this is all assumption, guys, as you always know, could be totally wrong, it seems quite similar to the Stephen Crichton situation. It seems quite similar where the club is positioning itself to the fans going, he's getting these outrageous offers that we can't even get close to, so you can't blame us if he leaves, which is understandable. It is the CEO's job to put the club's image in front of everyone else, but it is rough on Jerome because I do think there's a lot more to this story than meets the eye, um, and I've always stood by. I don't think that he's been offered 850K a year to stay by the Panthers. The head coach has come out and said what he said, Ivan Cleary. Now the CEO has come out and said what he said. I think we're seeing the best club, the best in the business, doing what the best clubs usually do, and that's control the narrative. Guru, without all that away, what are your thoughts on the situation? Mate, you kind of took the words out of my mouth there. Uh, I completely agree. And, you know, you have a look at the Penrith Panthers. You know, even I remember watching a few weeks out from finals, they put out a video that I think had Mick Fanick talking about, you know, how – you know, homegrown talent, all these juniors that have come through, Jerome Luai, Critter, yeah, two guys that have come through the Penrith system. They let Stephen Crichton go to another club and did you hear anyone say, fuck, that's dogged by Penrith? Mm. No, because of the way that they painted the narrative. Yeah. And to me, they're doing it all over again here, mm. once again. You know, And they're even saying things like he's got to choose between money and success. Mm. Like it's blatantly painting a narrative that if Jerome goes, not our fault, yeah. no responsibility on us, which... In the salary cap era, you got to do what you got to do. Mm. And at the end of the day, you know, as a CEO of the Penrith Panthers, he's worried about the Penrith Panthers and their image. And it's, it works. Yeah. Look at Stephen Crichton. Look at the way that people have reacted. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, Critter was getting called <laughs> greedy and stuff by some 100%, fans. 100%. Yeah. When you know the reality is it was anything but that. He was basically willing to stay for frigging peanuts. Um, and so, as we always said, we understand why the club would do this if it is the case now maybe the panthers are being fully transparent here and and that's fucking kudos to them that's incredible if they are um but to say to basically set the because the problem is is go if he chooses money if he leaves he's choosing money if he stays he's choosing success but that's a black and white answer to a very nuanced conversation if he stays is he chewing choosing success and 300 grand to 400 500 grand a year do you know what I mean? Mm. Whereas the, what's been set up is, is he staying for success and 850K a year or he's deciding, look, I, I need that extra $400,000 and I'm, I don't care about success. If someone, if it was to come out and say, well, he was actually only offered 500K, people would be like, well, hang on a sec, why are you offering Jerome Lloyd 500K? Timmy, what are your thoughts on the situation? Yeah, so I think there's sort of three different angles you've got to look at this. The first one being the price and the value. The second one being football-wise and the Tigers coming into it, is he the right fit for them football-wise? And the third one being, is he the right fit for the Tigers culturally? We'll get to the latter two soon. We'll talk about the, the figures that have been thrown about. I, I'm with you, Kempi. I find it, again, could be wrong, I find it very hard to believe that he's been offered $1.4 million. Well, his that, manager's come out and said they'll take 1.2. Yeah. So that doesn't what, make like, sense. 
what lunatic isn't taking $1.4 million if you're offered? Like, I'd have signed, sealed, delivered that as quick as I could. So I, I do find that hard to believe. Maybe it has happened. The figure of that 1 to 1.1 1. 1 mil with the Tigers, <clears throat> you know, everyone will have an opinion on whether that's right or that's wrong, whether that is uh, what he's worth. The fact is that while people sit there and a lot will say he played second fiddle to Nathan Cleary in this gun Penrith team for years and years, but the man has results on the board. He has three premierships as a starting 5'8 in the NRL as a rookie half or relatively rookie half. He has a state of origin series win. He has, he took Samoa to a World Cup final playing as a number seven, as an, more of an organiser than a, a given 5'8. So look, that's up to the club if they want to pay him that one to $1.1 million figure, but he can't have done too much more to this point in this, the modern salary cap era where the value is going up and up and up and, you know, 1.1 nowadays was the 800k of yesteryear of five years ago so you know who's to say that drawing what he's done isn't worth that one to 1.1 million and, and a key a key part of this whole discussion is you don't get to save money from yesteryear yes like last year mm. you don't get to go oh we don't really think he's worth a million so we're not going to pay him that and so in two years time we're going to have a million dollars from our cap from two years ago and get an even bigger player you've got to spend the money and so the balance of your cap, you go, okay, are we a better side with Jerome Luai? They absolutely, Caesar at seven, Luai at six, it's decent. It's mm. decent. Buller at the back, Appy at, at nine, you know, that's decent. Then you've got Bud Sullivan who could move into that seven role eventually maybe or Jerome or whatever. So the thing is, is that the money has to be spent. So that's another market pressure that people don't give credit for. I think as well, like, you know, the big chat is he's not worth that. You're worth whatever someone's willing to pay you. Mm. Especially as a, as a ball player. Mm. Like, there's not many of them around. Like, if they, like, for, for me right now, it's what Tom did and Jerome Luai. If you're in the market for a ball player, it's those two or who else? Ezra Mann, but I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Sorry, I'm taking Ezra. I, I don't think he's going yeah, anywhere. Yeah. I agree, yeah. So, but it's those two. Yeah, it really is. Like, and, you know, just, just to add, add on to the list of what Tim said, I've brought, I've spoken about it before. Like, you know, he won a Toyota Cup without Nath. Mm. He won a New South Wales Cup without Nath. And he's come in and just about won everything he possibly could. Mm. Like there's not much more Jerome Law I could have done. Yeah, and I and again, you look at this the Tigers with him at six is a much better side. You look at their spine, who's on a million dollars in that spine? Like no one's even close to it. Yeah. So it's like that almost be that almost be bad. Look, let's let's assume he brings good culture, good everything, which we can assume he can, because he's been a part of Penrith. Then that'd almost be silly to not spend that money on a key position when they've got those other three or four locked down. Um, He's also played with Happy Corusel and had success with him. Big, absolutely, big thing. absolutely. Um, okay, so look, the, I just think the Penrith Panthers are doing what's best for the Penrith Panthers, and it's to paint a narrative that we offered him a really good wicket, and he just got offered a crazy wicket somewhere else. Understandable. I don't think that's what happened. If I had to, you know, bet on it, I think he's been offered serious, serious unders. Um, and I think that the Penrith Panthers, with the way their cap is, would be squeezed to death right now, is basically going, look, we're just not going to be able to keep him. We're not going to be able to keep him. We've got Nathan Cleary on, you know, decent coin. We've got all these boys re-signed. So <clears throat> let's paint this picture where we have offered him what we think his value is. Because, like, again... 850 to stay in that side. Do you think they're sitting there going, <clears throat> they've got this somewhat of a clone in Dane Laurie who they've just brought back for what? He'd be on 200, 250? Probably minimum. Like struggle to play at the yeah. Tigers. 
And the back end of the season when he got that starting gig for the Tigers was outstanding, Dane Laurie. Do you reckon they're just sitting there going like, of course we want Jerome, and Jerome Luai is obviously a better player than Dane Laurie. But they go, all right, we can pay Jerome 900k or whatever it might be, or we've got a bloke who can come in at 200k, and he won't be as good as Jerome Luai, but we can free up 700k in our cap. Yeah, no, for sure. And even when they signed Laurie, we spoke about it, say, is this kind of like, is this... Um future-proofing if they do lose Luai because the good thing about Laurie is they've still got Luai for another whole year they play Laurie down in uh, New South Wales Cup at six it also may be in how they got Laurie from the Tigers to the Penrith Panthers by saying listen if you bide your time in New South Wales Cup for a year you've already been playing them most year anyway there's an opportunity to win that six jersey if Luai does decide to move on <clears throat> so yeah I think that Panthers fans although it's going to get painted that he went purely money hungry. That's the only reason. I think there is more to this story. And I think that if Jerome Luai was offered decent coin from the Panthers, not even, not even what his market, I just think a decent offer, I think he would stay. I honestly do. And you know what? I, I think, you know, when I have a look at this situation, I think the Penrith Panthers, they're nailing it. This is, they've got to take care of the Penrith Panthers. And it sucks though, because as a player, you're sitting there going, this isn't true. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, yeah. all, it's awful. But yeah. if you're the Penrith Panthers oh, trying sure. to take care of the Penrith Panthers, I get it. Yeah. It's it shit. Sucks. But it's, and you know, if, if I'm the Penrith Panthers, I'm looking around going, okay, we've got Nath Cleary. Would you say they've got probably the best value hooker in the game? Oh, I need a. Easy. Yep. Easy. I'd say they've got the best value f fullback in the game. Mm. Yeah, probably. Sign a new contract, but probably around there. Yeah. Yep. And then you've got Nath Cleary at halfback. I mean, Jerome's a fantastic player. He's played a huge role in the last few years, but I think they can win it. You know, as you. You said Dane Laurie, like, I think they could win a comp with Brad Schneider at 5'8 there, fitting mm. into that side. Who's yeah. the other guy there? Like, you look back to what Joey did in 01. You know, they made the decision years before that, let go of Matt Johns. Sean Rudder was the 5'8. <coughs> managed to win a comp. When you've got a talent like that at halfback, who, you know, I, I think Nathan's confidence would be higher than it ever has been off the back of that grand final. Mm. Makes sense. Oh, it absolutely makes sense. And, like, you look at the Critter situation, even though I do think they're going to miss Critter a, a bit more than they thought they would, they've got so many young outside backs coming through what? their ranks. It's like... Taylor May comes straight back straight in. Straight in. You forget like, how good Taylor May was. Yeah. And you, and you win three comps in a row for the most dominant seasons you'll ever see, uh, you're going to lose people. It's yeah. just... That's the way it works. Play, everyone that plays in that premiership winning team, their value skyrockets. Like, you can't hold everyone. The, yeah. the, tough, the tough thing as a player, though, is that... And I don't know if this happened in the <laughs> situation... Is that when they need you to sign for unders, they talk about loyalty, honesty, integrity, anything for the boys, anything for the club. So you sign for less money. And then when it's time for them to repay you, all of a sudden it's, oh, it's a business. It's just a business, mate. And it's like, as a player, you're like, fire out. Like, oh, okay, it's just a business. But when you needed something from me, it's more than a business. But when I need something from you, it's, it's just a business. That's, that's the tough thing from a player's perspective. You'd almost, from a player's perspective, you'd rather them just come out and go, guys, Jerome Law, I can get way more money. We believe that we can move forward without him. We are so appreciative of what he's done at the club, but um, we're just not going to offer him anywhere near what he's worth. And so we're going to move on. Yeah. I just, as a player, you would appreciate that more. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I, I agree with that completely, but there is the <laughs> other side of the coin now that, you know, because he did take unders for those couple of years, they had a team that could win three comps. That's why he's going to get a one point something sort of deal somewhere else because of what he achieved at the Penrith Panthers. Yeah, but then all the other players in the squad that didn't take the unders, you're the one, you know what I mean? You sacrificed Oh, for sure. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. You're talking about an individual mm. thing. And and so it's easy for, it's easy to sit there and go, oh, well, you, you took those unders, which made us help win the comp. But when it was time for everyone to upgrade it, you didn't say, 
when you needed me to be loyal, you didn't say, oh, we, you can be less loyal than him because we're going to pay him what he deserves in four or five years. You expected the same loyalty as Cleary did or whatever, and yet Cleary got rewarded and I didn't. Now, obviously, Cleary is the better player, but that is, that is the and tough thing. And it's a shit reality. It's just the reality, it's, unfortunately. They, it sucks, they, yeah. they have all these great, like, you know, pathways programs and, like, to help particularly the young players when they come into the grade and, that you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, to help them through the NRL and professional sport and growing up. And it's great the way the clubs do it and the NRL do it, but the first thing they should be teaching them, probably the NRL because the clubs aren't going to do it, <clears> is rugby league is a business mm-hmm. and will always be a business. Never forget that, no matter how much anyone loves you. I loved, I don't know if either of you have watched the, the Beckham doco, yeah. but with the Beckham with Sir Alex Ferguson, who's just like the pin-up man of like managerial world sport. <laughs> and Bex, we brought down like 12 years old over River Rose from his like little family and all that and brought him down. was back with his father figure. The second he didn't want him, he's just like, yeah. He, he was quoted saying like, you know, sport is a business, da-da, there basically wasn't a place for Bex. And Bex who's like, my dad's basically just throwing me out. Yeah, yeah. Like sport is business, and it was and it was all it was just like that. Boom. Yeah. Just straight away. See you later. So that's that's where I do think that some that individual person, human being of Jerome Luai gets mm. lost in the noise of oh you know it's rugby league it's a business like you think imagine being critter for example, you know, basically made out that it was purely for the money. When you know more about the situation, you find out well he was barely offered it really anything um you know or let's just say there was more to the story let's say there was more to the story and then you've got to read all these comments about how you're money hungry how you're not loyal and you're like it's it's actually the opposite yeah the critter critter wanted to be loyal you know so i don't know um but as we've said guys this is the ceo's job like in his job it's not his job isn't you know uh stay loyal to everyone his job is make penrith panthers the most dominant club we've ever seen and he's succeeding incredibly well oh for sure and you know if we get to you know in two years time and they're winning their fifth premiership in a row with dane laurie at five eight it's gonna say shit about this yeah exactly it's, right. it's a master stroke yeah. it's a work it's it's good business but as i said good business you just can't forget about the human side um and what the boys and, and people will sit there and go oh well they get all this money and it's still tough like i tell you what those 17 panther boys they didn't get paid any more else than any other clubs they just believed more and played more. And what, what gives you, what makes Penrith great? <clears throat> Do they have any other systems that are different from other clubs? No. What makes them great is they buy into the system. And that buy-in, it can't be bought with money. It can't be bought with money. And so, yeah, it, it, it's tough for Critter and Jerome having been, and Spencer Lena as well, I'm sure. Well, that's how, like, I was just thinking the other day, like we had uh, um, Appy in here the other day, and you know, Appy had bounced around four or five clubs, whereas these guys are Penrith boys. Oh, like, through and through, which makes it so much tougher. Well, I mean, you could argue this core of Critter, Luai, Lenu, Lenu is like, they are the reason for this difference now in Penrith because that core of boys being from the area, like what's what was the, the turning point? It was the turning point was, Penrith Panthers embracing being from the area like that. So you could argue that, and, and look, I'm not saying that there weren't other factors like Ivan Cleary's incredible coaching, incredible systems, incredible resources, juniors. I'm not saying that at all. But one key ingredient was them fully embracing we are from the area and those boys brought that through. For sure. But I mean, like you, you look at all those and I, I'm just being devil's advocate here. Like all those guys got their opportunity because the Panthers made hard decisions previously, letting go of Josh Mansell, letting go of James Tarmo. You know, let it make the decision to let Matt Burton, James Maloney go. It's how will these guys come through. It's I agree with you. Like the personal side of it's fucked, but it is just the reality of the salary cap, isn't it? Like, yeah. Yeah. Look, I think 
yeah, it's it's hard to say to play. Oh, well, you got this opportunity because we treated someone else. You know, we we brushed someone else, so now it's your turn to get brushed. Like, I think that's a hard. It's it doesn't it doesn't make it right. You know, I'm not saying it's right, yeah. but it's the reality of it. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, we have to remember the human side of it. Like, it is the reality of it, but the reality is is rough. It's unfair. It's yeah, it's, it's not the truth. Yeah. It's 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 using young men's loyalty um, for your gain, and then when it doesn't suit your gain, you and look. Like, we don't know what's happened out there. And, and it's not to say that every relationship ends like this. It's just to say that certain times when there's salary cap pressure, the club's got an uh, got a, um, obligation to put the club first. Um, it sucks. It is the reality. And that's why I guess in these situations, you, you've just got to weigh up. Because the Penrith Panthers, they are in the, the, a really unique position of like, we can almost guarantee a premiership. Mm. Whereas a lot of other clubs can't do that. So... For, for every Jerome Lua that comes through and goes, well, I signed for unders, so I got to win these premierships. There's about 100 other players that signed for unders and their team still went shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I didn't even get the benefit of signing unders and I got brushed. Um, and that's like, as Tim said before, that, you know, the, you know, the clubs won't do it. The NRL needs to try and make these guys aware. It's a business. business. Like, like you, you got all these managers that are telling the players that, but, you know, like you look at these Penrith boys, they just love that club so mm. much. <clears throat> Like I, I look at that Stephen Crichton situation, you could just tell how much he loves Penrith. Yeah, that that's the one thing that though that like I think the issue isn't the ruthless nature of it. I don't think players have an issue with that at all. Not, actually, I know they don't. It's just the dishonesty mm. when it all comes when everything comes to the crunch. Instead of just being honest with the fans so that they know what really happened, that's what hurts the boys the most. I think the boys would rather the, the club just go, "This is exactly what happened. This is how we feel." But the club, from their perspective, go, how, how can we do that? Then we've got to deal with a fucking uproar from our fans and we're devaluing the – that's not my it's not my obligation. My obligation is to make the Penrith brand as big as possible. Yeah. How, boys, do we see him slotting in at the Tigers, I suppose, um, from the two perspectives? Footballing-wise, he goes in there. You've got – you know, he, he's, he's a 5'8", really, Jerome Luai. Uh, maybe he can play number seven, but you've got Adam Dewey there who's obviously come back from an ACL injury this season – he will, I assume, probably want to come back at 5'8". You've got Aiden Season there, a veteran there who will probably play as the seven. His game management's okay. I think Caesar at his best is a ball-running 5'8". He's a pretty big body, a solid unit. How does he slot in there? And again, you've just spoken about how Jerome Luai is the Penrith Panthers and the culture and all that. How does he fit in culturally at the West Tigers? Very different scenery, very different playing group. Mm. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, I think that you'd probably put Caesar at seven. Um, I think if you're Bud Sullivan, you'd be like, oh, my God. I left my contract early, and I probably would mm. be playing first grade at the Dragons now. Like, you're all of a sudden looking at the Tigers going, have they got the best depth for halves in the NRL? <laughs> it's fucking bizarre. Because then they got Bainu as well. Yeah, they got Young, got Bud. Like, they got heaps of guys there. Um, yeah, I think you go Caesar seven. You know, he did, I know he, he, I actually see him more as a seven. Um, he did lead Raiders to a grand final. Now... Maybe that was just a, I don't know, you'd probably know more about this, Timmy, but maybe that was just a, a really good year. Um, but for what the Tigers need right now, I think he'd be the best seven for him. with Luai being a very dominant six. Mm. That kind of says, Caesar, get me where I need to be, and then I'll attack. Yeah, I'm interested to hear you say that. I've always just thought out and out seven mm. the last few years. What, what, what makes you say that? I've just watched a lot of him, and I think he's a great footballer, Aiden Caesar, and I think he's, I just think his game management's okay. He hadn't, for a lot of time, had the ability to close out a game very well, particularly with his kicking game. Mm. 
there were a lot of games through that period, the last 20-odd minutes, where just the, could, the Raiders could not close out games, mm. could not do it. Uh, and he's a big, strong body. He's a big, strong ball runner. He's shown that he can manage a side, and I think he can do it at the Tigers. Mm. But I don't think he's just this lock and load, number seven, get you around the park game manager that we think he is. Mm. Mm. Do you think <clears> – well, of course, he could have learned it over in Super League. He's a bit older now, 30-plus 30, 30 years old. Mm. He so definitely could, could be there and yeah. do a great job. I, I think he'll come in and do a decent job. Mm. Um, but if they sign Jerome Luai and he's going to partner him, he has to be that game manager. Yeah, That's sure. the thing. For sure. Uh, yeah. Real, uh, look, the thing is, is that you can understand where the club are coming from. You can feel for Jerome Luai, but then you can go, look, that initial where you go, okay, I definitely feel for Jerome Luai, for sure. I mean, I've, I've shown that today. But at the end of the day, that's life and you're still getting paid a lot of money. You know, so you, know, that in, you get that initial like, damn, that sucks that this has happened. Mm. But the positive is you're going to get paid a lot of money regardless of where you land. <clears throat> and you know what? Individually, selfishly, what an opportunity for Jerome Luai to prove what he can do. Oof. And that's the other thing as well. Like, Jerome Luai deserves that big contract. Mm. Like there's no denying that whatsoever. People might not <laughs> like him or whatever, but like, there's no denying he does, he deserves that contract 100%. Mate, what more could he do to deserve that contract? Yeah. And if you want to pretend like, oh, anyone could just slot into that six role and, and do what he did, it's like, because like the now everyone's favourite go-to with Jerome Luai is, oh, look at the grand final. Um, Cogger come on and, you know, killed it. Therefore, they don't need him. It's like, bro. It's fundamentally such a stupid argument. Like, if you understand rugby league, you understand that what Cogger did is not the role they ever asked Jerome Luai to do. Never. And also, you know, Cogger came on in the 20 minutes, the last 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever, when the Broncos were gassed. Yeah. So we don't know whether, like, could Cogger have done that at the start of the game? Maybe, maybe not. What we do know is Luai has won three premierships. Like, what, what more could this guy do to go, he's a, he's a very good six? Isn't it funny off the back of that grand final, I see so many people saying, oh, you know, Cogger has to be the 5'8 Newcastle. And I'm like, you wouldn't have said that before the grand final. Yeah. And the role that he played in the grand final was nothing like it was a 5'8". It was a seven. Yeah. It, was, it was exactly what Hastings does every single week. And now he has, like, it just doesn't line up. Quick, and, like, we're the biggest fans of Cogger's performance. I don't think they win the grand final if he doesn't come on. Yeah. But like 20 minutes of footy and then like all of a sudden it's like, okay, Luai's last three or four years, everything he's done is just like, like doesn't fuck, matter. Like if I'm Michael Maguire, I'm almost looking at that going, should Nath play 5-8 next year? Well, I, that's what I mean. Look, I don't want to jump the gun, but I think that there is an argument that you play Cleary at seven at club, but you consider, I don't know if it's the right answer, you consider him at six. I don't think it's crazy. To I give really him don't. that space to do what he needs to do. You almost do a more of a hybrid role that only a super like Nathan Cleary can do. Like, you can still manage the game, but they got him playing both sides of the ruck in the back end of the year, didn't they? Mm. they, they he was so... Just getting a bit wider. He's so glued to that right edge, you know, playing in tight. But the back end of the year, and you saw, like, all these great coaches, you know, you, you can have um, periods of extended success, but people will cotton on to your game, there's all this, and you have to chop it and change them, and then... Nathan Cleary, the back end of this season, going into the final, started sweeping to the left side where he did a lot of his damage in that last 20 minutes of the grand final. So it's, you know, he's still your number seven. He's still your main man, your organiser. He's still your number one kicker. But as you can be, you just third, fourth tackle, you get him playing a bit wider and he plays both sides of the rock. Well, when Jerome Lawai went down injured, Cleary averaged more than 150 metre run metres a game, I'm pretty sure. So... Like if that doesn't show you that he's adding these dimensions to his game, and I, like I think he goes out with a seven jersey on his back, 
you, you want to do, you, know, you don't want to name it six because it's almost giving away the plan. But I just think you say, if you want him, because like what's the the whole narrative is like we need to, him to have these big moments. All right, you got to give him the opportunity to have these big moments. Like he's not a seven like Joey. He's a structured seven, but. If you move him a bit wider and give him opportunities to have these match-winning moments, he's proven he can do what he did in the grand final. I think there's something to that where I think New South Wales, looking back on it, very and this is hindsight talking, no one could have picked this up when it was all happening. But looking back on it, I think New South Wales was so zoned in on like Cleary's team, Cleary direction, they didn't stop to think, he's an attacking weapon. Like, mm. why, why don't we create plays that give him the tip of the spear rather than him always being the friggin' handle? Uh, anyway. We said we weren't going to talk about Origin. <laughs> we got there. We got there. I'll, I'll take it off Origin quickly for us. If Luai does lob at the Tigers, what's it mean for Adam Dewey? I think he's a centre regardless. Yeah, I think he's a centre now too. Does I'd, he think that? <clears throat> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because um, it, I, I, it was my understanding, maybe a few ACLs and all that, and that his poor injury runs changed his mind a bit, but he, he came out and said that he, like, he wanted to be a 5'8", didn't he? Pretty sure. Yeah. Stuff though, because he's not going to be there until halfway through the mm, season yeah. or something. So, And there well, were whispers that other clubs were interested. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think he's a centre. I think he's always been a centre. I think that, you know, maybe he wanted to be 5'8", because during that time, like getting the ball as a centre is like during the time he was playing with the Tigers. Yeah. But they've got a way better roster now. So maybe he'll enjoy that centre position because he'll like get good ball. He's an interesting footballer, dude. Like I, I personally think he's just – Better footballer than he is any specific position. Yeah. He's sort of he's a bloody good footy player. He's a great so footy good, player. Yeah. yeah, like he's almost uh, probably not, not not at the same level, but he almost reminds me of Jack a little bit. Mm. That you know we're going to be sitting, similar frame. Very, yeah, we're going to be sitting here round one thinking, okay, he can play five eight center second row at a high click. He'll be great wherever he is, mm. and it's all good and well when you're in a good footy side, but when you're in a team like the Tigers that are struggling, it can be tough. Yeah, and you get forced into key positions when yep. you probably shouldn't be forced into that key position. I think he's a centre, out and out centre. I really tell do. you what, Buller at one, Luai at six, Caesar or Sullivan um, or Finu at, at uh, in the halves with him, Appy at nine, and then Dewey out at centre. It's not a bad looking side, is it? With that forward the, pack, mate. The Tigers' side Jeez. is not looking bad. It really, even without Luai, if he doesn't come, I don't think it's looking that bad. I really don't. If you had like all the squads on paper with no context of last year, I, I think you would almost have that squad as a top eight side. You nearly would. Or, or like a... What's wrong with it? Oh, like yeah, a, where's oh, the issue? A seven to ten. So, you know yeah. what I mean? Like like somewhere that you could be fighting for the eight. You yeah. really could. Your outside backs are a little bit light, but like when you've got a young superstar at fullback... And, and that's what I was thinking about with the outside backs, like where they are a little bit light and there's plenty of talent in the outside backs of the ties, but no one seems to be able to put it together if you just plug a hole with Dewey at centre. And like... I'm an advocate for Dewey at, say, 5'8", or a, you know, somewhere and get his hands on the ball a little bit more. But what the Tigers need, particularly if they get Luai, is, geez, he could plug a hole out yeah. wide, couldn't he? Oh, for sure. And when the Tigers were, you know, didn't have all these names, play him at 5'8", for sure. For sure. You've got nothing else. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. now you do. But yeah, I, I, I'd have him at centre as well. Um, anyway, back to the Jerome situation. <laughs> Look, I think he's gone. I think with the CEO coming out saying this, I think Ivan Cleary... With a post that Luai's made, I don't think we see him in 2025. 25. Well, they've said that they won't they won't release him in 2024. Um, and they did that with Matty Burton. They held strong. And they're ruthless. They want to win another premiership. And uh, I think he's gone. I think he's gone. And as much, you know, without taking anything away from their last <laughs> three premierships, like this one coming is a big one. To do it without Critter and to get, you know, they've been chasing that 
Parramatta three-peat for so long. Like, if they get the fourth, it's over. <laughs> like, you can tell me Dragons that played, you know. The, it, it was unlimited tackles back then. Like, this, if the Panthers win it 2024, I think that makes them... I don't think you can even argue as yeah. the best team we've seen. Like, maybe right now you could argue. I, I think they're the best team ever. Like, so, so do I. Yeah, yeah. But if they get that fourth and they're on top of that Parramatta side, what can you say? Yeah, what can you say? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, have you ever seen a player sign with a club when the CEO's come out and said something like this? Like, because now it's like everyone knows he stayed for unders. Well, you never really hear that. The player going, oh, yeah, I'll just stay for unders. It, it seems like the writing's on the wall. Happy's um, a big plus too, as Tim said, I think. Sorry? Having, like ha- having Happy there. <clears throat> so, same as, you know, Critter going to the Bulldogs. Like if Seraldo's not the coach, does he end up there? Yeah, probably Because not. I reckon I reckon Appy would be hard to play with for, for a half or a fight who had never played with him before. Yeah. I think Luai would be particularly hard to play with for a hooker, but they've done it and they know each yeah, other's yeah, game. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, look, I'm, I'm happy. Like, so, yeah, I mean, the Panthers are an incredible sport. They're handling it exactly the way you'd want, you know, your club to handle it if you're just focused on the club being the best it can be. Um, and I'm happy at the very least, drone law is getting paid. Yeah. You know, and there's, yeah. As Tim said before, you know, the other side of it, the, the, the cultural side of things, that's what I worry about mm. is this club that seemingly can't get their shit together ever is signing the most, rightly or wrongly, the most controversial player in the game, just about. Mm. Are they going to be able to handle that? That's my huge worry. You know, it's, you know what's weird about it is like, they're so unpredictable and they make no sense in the decisions they make. Part of me thinks that this fucking bad boy, quotation marks, hate, most hated guy might just be the guy to just go, you know what, we hate everyone, we hate you and we're just gonna do something good. It feels like there will be no middle ground. It oh yeah, yeah. a huge success or a fucking disaster. Yeah. Well, it, it'll be a disaster because if he just plays okay, he will be annihilated. Yep. You know, you were you were just Cleary's second in charge and the Penrith, like, it'll be, and the the, Pen, uh, the West Tigers can't help but get in the headlines by doing interviews. Yep. So they'll respond to it and then it'll just be the bit, like, the amount of papers, Luai playing poorly at the Tigers will sell will be a joke. Yeah, it'll be ridiculous. Like, yeah. it will just print after print after print after print. And when he does get some bad press or whatever, you know who else won't be able to control themselves? Jerome. Because Jerome has grown up going, well, Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you how it is and then I'll go and win. And he's not going to change that attitude. Yeah. Why would he? Yeah. It's going to be, I mean, the rugby league uh, theme park content. Oh, it's unreal. I can't wait. Content theme park is going to be absolutely yeah. bonkers if he lands yeah. at the Tigers. Um, the, the one thing I do hope, though, and I know this sounds a bit silly saying, but I just hope the Tigers, Tigers create a good environment for him to flourish. And I hope that the Tigers create a good environment for Benji to flourish because – even if he does go and goes and played poorly, yeah, for sure, you can point to him and go, you played poorly. But a lot of players go to the Tigers and play poorly. Like, yep. the, the environment needs to be good for these players to play well. So let's hope that that Wouldn't happens. you love to see Luai go to the Tigers, take control of them, <laughs> throw all this rubbish in the bin about he needs Cleary or he needs Penrith and just kill it and take the Tigers him to finals football. Even a finals so footy. But if he takes them to finals footy, there'll still be people trying to make excuses yeah, as to why I did it. Yeah. If he takes them to finals footy, it'll be one of the most universally bitter pills a lot of people have to swallow. Hey, he, he could win a Clyde and a premiership next year and people go, happy carried. Yeah. <laughs> He's like he got better. Like that. I, I just hope that the West Tigers and Suits upstairs, just get the fuck out of Benji's way. Just get out of his way. Let him do his thing. Just for 12 months, just shut up and mm. just let him do his thing. And also just stop doing interviews, please. Just shut up. Just you don't have to say anything. Please. 
Look, I, like from a content fiend perspective, I'm a pig. I'm an absolute pig guru. Yeah. I love it. I just consume it. I just keep consuming it. I love the fact that there's an interview every week from the Tigers. Do you remember that interview that Pilatus did? <laughs> Neither do I. You don't have to say anything. Oh, man. So, yeah, I hope they just take a massive backward step, let Benji be the head of all that, and just give them the opportunity to be what they can be. So, so, yeah. so same as Brian Fletcher at the Panthers. Like, you only hear from him when you need to hear from him. And there is a point to get across. Exactly. There's a tactical reason yep. why they're coming out and doing interviews. Not for the sake of talking. Not because it's it's the club needs a certain thing to be done. So the CEO goes out, he creates that thing, he steps right back. It's it's like Penrith Panthers, they come off, uh, like Ivan Clear, for example, comes off a bit um, blasé to a degree. Like he's very chill and speaks very, you know, chill like that in press conferences or the guy's a friggin' borderline genius. Yeah. Like he doesn't say things just to say them. And it's the same with the, you don't, you're the CEO of the most successful club arguably ever. You don't get to that position without being super smart and just saying off the cuff remarks. Everything is calculated. Everything is for the benefit of the club. Um, as I, I've, I've recommended before, go and watch Ivan Cleary's uh, acceptance speech at the Penrith Panthers award and tell me that isn't a super intelligent, super competitive, like super competitive, um, ruthless head coach that is there to win and win every game he possibly plays in every scenario he plays, which again, it's what you want leading a club. That was almost my favorite 20 minutes of rugby league this it's year. It's just, it was just him with the, with the shackles off his shoulders going, you know what, three premierships now, no one else has done it in the modern era. I'm gonna say what I think. I can say whatever I want, you can't do shit. Oh man, and just, the way I just I laughed so much when people when he was like oh we lost the 2020 grand final against Melbourne Storm and there was like a giggle from the audience and he was like why are you laughing it's like <laughs> this guy's just won three premierships and he's still stinging from losing to Cameron Smith in the grand final and you can see every time they play Melbourne Mate, Jerome Law is going to go to the West Tigers he's still going to be filthy every time he plays Melbourne 100% um, it's a crazy I mean incredible organisation out there I, it is scary to think and I've said it so many times before Imagine the storm set up in the heart of rugby league. We may be witnessing that right now. This, one of the best setups in Australian sport in the heart of rugby league. It's almost, it's almost an impossible combo. It's almost an impossible combo. Dubbo. I mean, hey? Dubbo. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like what Brisbane had for many years, early, you know, early 2000s, a really well-run club in the heart, like one of the heartlands of rugby league. And look what happened. Um, scary times. But as I said, the good thing is Jerome gets paid. Panthers, they're going to be dominant. Uh, there's always there's a positive for everyone. All right, time now for the Brutal Truth. A massive thank you to our, our partners, Brutal Truth. Uh, the Brutal Truth antiperspirant spray is available now in your local co coals. It's aluminium-free and made with natural ingredients to keep the skin smooth and healthy, baby. Smooth and healthy. I like that. Uh, it's woody, earthy, and smoky. Oh, wow. We still talking about antiperspirant or what? <laughs> <laughs> With a blend of uh, essential oils, I don't think we are, Guru. Essential oils, holy, uh, that provide warm feels and good warm feels and good smells. Stop it! Uh, it's also Wait, all in one can. All in one can, or, or no? It's not even a can. It's aluminium free. What? Oh my God! Uh, it's the all now. Yeah, it's also proudly Australian made and owned. Uh, okay, it's time for the brutal truth. It's time for the brutal truth. And this week's brutal truth 
I was watching NRL Roast and Donnie Sports, and it's also been brought up by Jackson Hastings. It's also been brought up by Sourwood. So I can't claim to bring this up. So don't copyright struck. Don't come with a beat. I gave him a credit. Credit's been given. Uh, at tag juice, in my like words. Um, my brutal truth is it is time for the names on back of rugby league jerseys. I said it. I said it. It's out there. It's controversial. I know. This will get the papers fucking going. It is time to get names on the back of jerseys. Look, I understand tradition. I understand even sponsorship spots on the top of the jersey there. But it is time to put Ponga one on the back of a jersey. The amount of jerseys you'll sell that are authentic Ponga jerseys will be outrageous. The amount of retroactive ones you could sell with John's seven on the back. I just think the money, I mean, we are in the age now of younger audiences I mean, we did it back in the day as well, but more of a case where you'll, you'll follow a player, sometimes more than a team. And I think that the NRL needs to go, you know what, names on the back of jerseys, it would make way more money, it makes way more sense, and it gets people to engage more with their favourite player. Uh, I think it's time and past time. That's my brutal truth brought to you by Brutal Truth. Guru, what's your brutal truth on that specific topic? Completely agree. No brainer for me. I think it was time as soon as they got rid of it. Mm. Why would you? I don't get it. That's the sponsorship. I understand that. But, like, it's just so perfect. Yeah. I can't, like, you you look at all the, you know, big sports around the world, they've all still got it. Mm. I don't understand why we wouldn't, as you said, you know, a Ponga one jersey. My God. You wouldn't be able to make enough of them. Exactly. And it's authentic. It's got the little sign by, you know what I mean? Like, all these little things to show that's authentic. Like, I just don't understand. Then you could even release jerseys that were designed by Ponga. Like, there's so many things you could do. And, and some will say, well, why don't you just buy the jersey and then print it on the back? Well, first of all, you can't because there's usually a bloody sponsor there. And even, even if there isn't, it's not authentic. Like okay. you've gone out and yep. done it. You're getting it from the club. Speaking of Ponger, he's right there. Look, he's happy. He's happy. He, he agrees. Um, I'm still waiting for the Jack White and the Canberra jersey to come back on there. <laughs> oh, wow. That is rough. Oh, I need another holiday. That is rough. Um, what do you reckon? What's your brutal truth? They have to. Like, I think the NRL living in their classic NRL rugby league play, living in their own little bubble. Like, it's so archaic not doing it. And, like, for a business, it just seems mad not to do it. Like, mm. as you said, Guru, every sport in the world does it and earns such mass money out of, out of jersey sales. I think I've mentioned on the show before, and this is, like, completely unverified, and feel free to call me out on it, but I remember it just blew my mind when Zlatan Ibrahimovic went over to Man United uh, years ago. And paid some obscene figure for him. And I remember seeing and, and reading that in jersey sales within three days or something, they'd made back his contract value. Yeah. Something, something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it just means so much. But like, and it's cool, you can go out and buy your rugby league team's jersey now. But what's the significance of you can't, you don't have your favourite player, you don't have their number, you don't have that sort of stuff. I remember when I was a kid, I used to go out and, and buy footy jerseys and I'd go and get the iron-on letters and numbers and put it on it and mm. make it, and then they'd fall off a week later. It was all like a waste of time. But it's crazy not to have it. Yeah. Never seen a David Stagg Raiders jersey before. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, I think we've got to do it. I think that the game, more than ever, is about a specific player, about who they are as a Like for a critter going to the Bulldogs, how much doggy fans would be frothing to get a critter on the back of a jersey? Yeah. Um, you know, when Reynolds went to Reynolds goes to Broncos. Imagine that. Sorry. Um, actually, 
And, and, and so that's our brutal truth, guys. Brutal truth, names on the back of jerseys. Let us know in the comment section. Best answer, wins a $100 gift card. There I did it. I'm generous. I remember about two years ago, whenever Jackson came back from the Super League, because he arrived over there and his number at the first club he arrived at was like 31 because he was the last one to join. Mm. So it was 31 Hastings. <coughs> and he, he sort of you know, almost persuaded me back then that you know, it would be mad if each player had their own actual number mm. in the squad and they kept that and you know i like the idea of it blah blah and i you know and i, I look around you know I, i'm a big like nfl fan and when someone is wildly successful there they retire that jersey which is a very special thing same as basketball and all that and and i always thought oh, oh for a while i thought you know that, that'd be really good if they had set numbers for their careers then we had that world cup and i experienced what it was like having random numbers in random spots i fucking hated that oh, i made that yuck. very clear throughout that world cup but I think the names on top are a must. 100%, 100%. So uh, whether it's on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook, leave a comment uh, what you think, should they, shouldn't they. Best answer gets a $100 bloke gift voucher. That is right, 100 bucks gift voucher. Imagine having a, a bloke jersey with Guru69 on the back of it. <laughs> I'd buy it. <laughs> Jeez, that'd go for a bit. That would go for a massive bit. Sign 100 of them, get them out there, Guru69. <laughs> Dinner for two. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> guru, that is really uncouth, sir. How good's off-season guru? <laughs> Mate, you're a different man. Way better off-season guru than in-season. You know what? It's because Wong re-signed with the Roosters recently. That's <laughs> why true. he's all up and about. Very excited. <laughs> Got that one right or wrong? Wong. Um, <laughs> um, oh, man, we're about to go on a different topic now. I forget what we're going to go into. Oh, well, anyway, that's a brutal truth. <laughs> Get it, you're uh, antiperspirant. Get into Coles. There's gonna be a little picture on the YouTube of, of what the product looks like. Guys, support them because they support us. Seriously, if you, if you need some antiperspirant, get in there. It's, they've been absolute legends to come on board. And the more, more people like brutal truth, brutal truth that come on board, the more stuff that we can do content-wise. Podcasting is a really new game. So like big companies, they're very like, does this work, does this not work? Um, and so the more companies that can see that it does work, uh, the way more like, way way more stuff that we can do in the future plus keep the lights on baby 2024 goal keep the lights on we may not be here next year we may not be here or you're filming this in the dark because all the power's going to the cameras not the lights trust me guys i promise you i'll not pay the power bill before i pay maddie's wage to put the cameras on because i don't know how to do that i don't know no i didn't know how to do that i do know how to do that i do know how to put the cameras on actually know everything, but it's all right, whatever. <laughs> Don't credit me for anything. I'm just some dummy idiot up here. Just I'm a talking head. That's all I am. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking, guys. It's a fucking off season. I'm going a bit crazy here, boys. <laughs> Alrighty, before we get into it though, do not forget bloke beer on sale in every IGA Plus liquor currently, also across all independent liquor stores. Celebrations, IGA Plus liquor, Bottolo. Get in if you're thinking about it, you're arming and ahhing. Just get in, drop in, give her a try. Grab a six pack if you will. Give her a try. Let us know what you think. We've got Bloke Mini as well as Bloke Lager. Uh, really easy drinking beers, beautiful beers. Now, Michael Maguire, New Zealand Rugby League, confirm that Madge will be stepping down as head coach of the Kiwis, effective immediately. Um, this caught me by surprise, to be honest. Uh, this one's really hard for me to gauge how I feel about it because initially I was like, that is insanity. That is insanity. Like, they're finally starting to build something nicely. He took over in 2018. They'd been progressing. I felt like they'd been progressing quite well, quite well. Um, they looked like they'd 
got the right people in place, they'd made the right selection calls, you know, and then they have a record win and then you decide to move on from Madge. But then I had to ask myself, if I was an Aussie and I had a Kiwi coaching the Australian side and there was some kind of New Zealand local big match that was big or bigger than the Australian versus New Zealand or whatever, how would I feel about a non-Aussie coaching the Australian side? And that's what tears me apart because I, Australia's always been in the dominant position in league. If we were struggling, I would probably be okay with it, but I can't tell you if I would be okay with it because Australia's always been on top. So, I, from, so then when I look at it like that, I'm like, okay, that clearly proves it's the wrong decision because that's my bias talking. So what do you care more about? A Kiwi coaching the Kiwis? Or do you care more about winning games? I'm torn on the situation. What do you reckon, Guru? Isn't it crazy? Like, I'm sure that when they won that game a few weeks ago, you know, everyone in New Zealand would have been stoked, but I'm sure there would have been people, decision makers at the Kiwis going, shit, oh, this makes it awkward. Yeah. What are we going to do here? Mm. Uh, it's tough, you know. I, I said the other day, I think it's <coughs> the Kiwis' yeah, most dominant victory. I think it's Kangaroo's worst loss of all time. Um, and it's a tough decision to make, but I, I do get it. I, I think that, that perspective that you just spoke about, I've never even considered mm. that perspective. I more so thought of it from a selfish New South Wales Blues. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, like I want Madge all in on New South Wales. I'm not saying he couldn't have done both, but I would rather him be. And even if he's not, you know, on a 12 month contract for New South Wales, I want him just focused on New South Wales. Mm. Oh, look. I'm torn on it, but I still think it's the wrong decision. Mm. <clears throat> I oh, it's hard to say because you look at that playing group, you're like, that's a rock solid playing group. Fish Harris is leading them. But I, I, the reason why it's like who replaces him and also he is the kind of guy that probably could do both. I know that it's got conflicting interests because you might have some young Kiwis that are eligible for New South Wales or eligible for the Kiwis. Who does he decide, <coughs> who does he speak to and say play for? Mm you know, blues or whatever. What do, you, what do you reckon, Timmy? Yeah, I don't... I think it's probably the wrong decision in my head, like, without knowing the intricate details of how it's all panned out and, you know, what the discussions were had. But just look at a, a bunch of different factors and one of them being that, you know, from a... I was quite critical initially of when they were throwing up, like, Craig Bellamy or Ricky Stewart to do the origin role and you're like, they thought that they could coach an NRL team and do an origin role. <clears> well, <throat> this is a what six week origin period and what the blues have got him on what they've called a part-time role it's not actually a full-time role so if he's doing that for six weeks in the middle of the year which may coincide with potentially a mid-year test against tonga or something for the kiwis and then there'll be a an end of season like pacific championships next year months and months and months after origin is done i don't really like coming off you know, they, they, their best win of all time against Australia, at least scoreline-wise, I was very surprised they didn't try and stick it out and make it happen. I, I think he would have been able to balance both loads. I don't know how much the whole Raiders setup came into this decision as well, but far out after what they've just produced, I thought they would have tried to persist with it. Well, like, at least give it a year. Mm. That's what's surprising me. Like, you're not, you're not wedded to him for the rest of your life. You maybe just give him that 12 months and go, look, we'll see how it goes. Because... Is there any rush to get a coach in there now? Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah, I, as I said, it's, it's almost hard for me to even speak on because I'm not a Kiwi. So I don't know, I don't know how I'd feel about a Kiwi coaching the Australian side. 
But he's been a coach for what five years or something. Nearly like six years, I think. So that that has never been an issue. Yeah, it's never been an issue, and he's just killed us. I'm like, all right, that forget about that one. <clears throat> That's true. That's very true. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's I just think it's a a rash decision. Mm. I don't know if it's a wrong decision, but it seems like a very rushed decision that we could have said, look, let's see how this works. Let's see how this works. I was just thinking like the complete inverse of this. Like, I, I, I don't know if I'd... Uh, I, how do you think people would react if nowadays you had an origin coach who was coaching Australia? Like, would you still... Would people still feel that it was taking away from that role? I think that the biggest worry would be like bias. Bias, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I was just thinking then that like... And I, I was trying to think like, who was the last guy to coach? Would it have been Wayne Barrett? Wayne Bennett would have been coaching... Queensland Kangaroos well, at the did, same time. Did Mal not do it? Or I just looked he, it up. Mal, he stopped Queensland stopped and started them, okay. Kangaroos the year after. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just such awkward timing after that. And that's why victory. I think it's a bit rushed. Who comes in now that you're like, we are in as good a position now with a new coach. Mm. Madge has just done it. The playing group and him are obviously on board, where you'd imagine. So with the way they performed in that final, mm. <clears throat> how do you go from a better position here? Like, it's a series at the end of every year that mm. goes over a month and then the origin's over six weeks. I think you'd do both. Yeah, very interesting. It's, it's just tough because you don't know, you know, there's so much politics in any, anywhere in life there's politics and you just wonder whether it was just a big push from a certain group of people that have a certain person that they want to be head coach of the Kiwis. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that makes a lot of sense. Like if there's a, a guy that is going to take over the role and he's your man and you make the push for well he shouldn't be our coach because he's coaching us as well as blues and our guy that we we back he's the guy that you know he's a kiwi and he's not doing that I, i'm not sure but i think it was just a rush decision they should have at least given an opportunity to try what's ironic is it seems like new south wales were actually the people that were willing to allow it to happen mm. and kiwis weren't and like new south wales like the stakes are just as high you know, financially they're even higher, but the stakes are just as high for New South Wales as they are for the Kiwis to win each game, and they were okay with it. That's that's what also doesn't make a bit of sense because a little situation. Yeah, just yeah. like so, New South Wales are okay with it with the biggest sporting event in the country essentially each year, but the Kiwis who had just and, and also New South Wales are coming off back-to-back -back series losses. Whereas the Kiwis are coming off record win of Australia and they weren't okay and with it. And I suppose the second, like, we were pretty critical when it got announced that they put him on and they, the Blues wanted a, a part-time coach. It mm. wasn't considered full-time. The second you say that, you can't really say, well, you can't go and coach the Kiwis yeah. because we're only putting you on part-time. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange situation. <laughs> so, Madge has been uh, quoted. Uh, I always felt I could do both and my commitment never wavers from wherever it is that I do. I always felt that I could do both in my... Oh, well, that's just been repeated. Uh, no worries. <laughs> Uh, he told um, Sydney Morning Herald, uh, it was reported that there was a push from former New Zealand New Zealand players to choose one or the other. Yeah, look, <laughs> I tell you what, if they if they struggle next year, Jesus, yeah, it's not going to be a good look. It's not going to be a good look. And if they go well, it doesn't hurt Madge because he can be like, I built that. Yeah. So it's like they've really set themselves up for we better win. Has there has there been any other names floated as who could take over yet, or not really? I don't think so. Yeah. <clears throat> and I've seen some of the push like, you know, or Madge was using the job as a stepping stone to other things. And it's like he took the job in 2018. 
Freddie Fittler went back-to-back pre- like uh, Origin Series. If he thought it was New Zealand, coach in New Zealand was going to get him a job from Freddie Fittler. At this stage, Freddie Fittler was going to coach for the next eight years. Also, as a premiership winning coach, he doesn't have much to prove. Yeah, he doesn't have much to prove at all. You would have to think that, you know, before they went into that final, they probably had someone in mind they were looking at. Just if you're that person, wouldn't you be nervous now? Oh, especially if you had nothing to do with the push yeah. for Magiak because you look like you've pushed him. Oh, it's, it's a, a tough, tough one to walk into. I, and again, that's why I say, I don't know whether it's right or wrong because it's so complicated, but I do think it's rushed. I think they should have given it an opportunity mm. and then said, all right, mate, like bad results or whatever. Um, because I think, and again, I, I can't speak for Kiwis, but I, I, I get the feeling that there's some Kiwis that are like, we finally look like we got things in place, this really hard-nosed, structured um, environment where Fisher-Harris is killing it, Madges, the boys all love him, everyone's on board. And then boom, we just go, boop, see you later. It would be quite frustrating. I mean, I know they had some down games in the World Cup, but they were like five minutes away from beating Australia and they probably would have won the World Cup. So they, they, are, they haven't been far off being the number one side and it's not even a question yeah. for the last 12 months. Yeah, well, I mean, lo- looking back to, you know, that loss they had to the Kangaroos, like you could almost argue they lost that during the week when they picked their side. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like there, was, there was a lot of things that, the, in hindsight, obviously, and it's easy to just sit up here in hindsight. You weren't a fan of Cook at Centre? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I... Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's wild that if that game a few weeks ago goes in a different direction, people probably aren't even worried yeah. about this. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and like it's like a non-event. Off the, off the back of a relatively disappointing World Cup last year for them, mm. if they get dust in the final, this it's a non-issue, <laughs> but... It wasn't, was it? It was the most emphatic winning in their yeah. history. So, And once again, you know, if in that World Cup, if they would have ended up on the other side of the draw and they make it to a grand final and lose, once again, to people. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I hope the Kiwis can, because like this, I'm so excited to see Australia versus New Zealand next year. So I hope they can continue that standard because it is going to be an absolute barn burner. Uh, now, Corey Parker, I believe. Barn burner. Is that, is that a saying? Probably, I like it. <laughs> I've just never heard can it. Can you Google it? I think it's barn burner is a saying. If it's not, I just made it, but I'm pretty it sure it's now. Peyton. <laughs> Barn burner. A very exciting or dramatic event, especially a sports contest. There you go. That's great. Cool. Nice yeah. Using that. There you go, boys. That one's for free. Next one's going to cost <laughs> you. Uh, Corey Parker believes Reese Walsh should be Broncos' highest paid player. He's quoted, if Payne has is on 1 million, Walsh has to be on 1.1 million. He should be the highest paid player at the Broncos. And Matty loves a clickbait. The rest of the... the um, the quote was pretty much just saying, like, it's not just what he does on the field, it's also what he brings off the field. Um, Good one, Matty. <laughs> uh, but, like, I don't think this is controversial. I don't think it's controversial. I think he's spot on in everything he says. If I'm the Broncos, I probably don't want my former player. Oh, yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. For but, sure. But that's all that there is to it for but me. At the same time, like, Corey's going to be honest. and Yeah, 100%. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I just... Yeah, if I was the Broncos, I'd Bro, we're like, trying to sign Ezra Man right now. Can, yeah, you, just chill? can you just shut the fuck up for a second? <laughs> yeah, we know he's good. Um, look, I think this makes sense. Now you could say Payne has been doing it for longer and, you know, all, all that stuff. But I guess, um, you know, Payne has, will, he'll probably go on to be the greatest front rower ever. Like, I'd be surprised if he doesn't. Um, oh, wouldn't be, not surprised, but look, he's pretty fucking incredible. On track. He's on track. Um, but you have to look at, when I was at the club last the last year, Hass was at the club, Carrigan was at the club. Yep. They were all at the club. Who was the one person that wasn't at the club? Do the Broncos make a grand final without Reese Walsh? No. Probably not. 
And I think, you know, almost more importantly is the stuff off field. Mm. And, you know, Payne Haas, he might be the greatest front row forward of all time. How many Payne Haas posters are there going to be of kids? Yeah. You know? I got one. I, 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 I have no doubt you do. <laughs> but, you know, you have a look at, you know, the guy that I always put next to him is uh, um, Glenn Lazarus. He's mm. the best front row forward before him. And, you know, Lazo won premierships at all these clubs. But, you know, the, the faces of those clubs were Ricky Stewart, mm. Alan Langer. Brett Kamali, <coughs> these sort of guides. It's just the reality of Mickey Hancock. Front row forwards. Mickey Hancock. Face. Winger. <laughs> Quickest play the ball in the game. Um, yeah, no, it, it's just the truth. He's yeah. a front rower. His position can only do so much, even though he does it incredibly well. Uh, the thing with Walsh, it's almost like <clears throat> what salary cap could contain Walsh for what he's going to bring off the field if he continues the good form. It all like he can be as marketable as you can. You can be the most marketable human being on earth, but if you play bad footy, no one gives a shit. If he keeps playing well, it's like the offers he's going to get are going to be actually outrageous. Timmy, what do you reckon? I'm just picturing Kempi's pool room, <laughs> and there's just this big poster of Payne House, and then next was a big poster of Alex Twole. Then there's Griffin Neiman. <laughs> <to that one. laughs> it's a, I've got a life side thing that says like you are this tall compared to Payne Haas. And I get everyone that walks in to say like, bro, you're actually only this tall compared to Payne Haas. And this is why he's on track to be the greatest. <laughs> the um, yeah, um, we just had a lengthy conversation about rugby being business and Guru touched on it. Mm. It's the off field as much as the on field. <coughs> we know the impact he has on the field, but the bloke puts bums on seats. He's a you know, marketing goldmine for the Brisbane Broncos and for rugby league. So... You know, whether you think Payne Haas has more influence on field than Reese Walsh and impact on winning football games, what Walsh will do to the Brisbane Broncos from Broncos fan, uh, fans perspective, I'm sure they're hoping over the next 10 years, just worth so much. Yeah, and you know the other thing that, that separates those two for me, and it sounds like we're <coughs> shitting on Payne Haas, we're not, but it's the reality of it once again. Payne Haas is one of the faces of the New South Wales Blues. Reese Walsh is going to be the Queensland Maroons for the next 10 years. And when you're the Brisbane Broncos, mm. that yeah. matters as well. For sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Similar to Glenn Lazarus once again. <coughs> yeah, I, I was really surprised at the amount of um, comments I saw going like, "This is crazy talk." I was like, "What?" No. Like, yeah, like, don't get me wrong, Renault. They don't make that grand final without Renault for sure, and they don't make it without Payne Haas or Paddy Carrigan. Um, but at the end of the day, like Reese Walsh is a game changer. Like he's a game changer. Um, now you could make the argument that he was at the Warriors and they didn't do too well, but. A, I think he's gotten way better since then. Um, B, it still doesn't change the fact that in this squad, he's a game changer, an absolute game changer. Um, Do I think that they'll be able to give him his market value? Probably not. Um, But I do think that like like third-party deals, he should be able to get like it's literally fucking going out of fashion. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, and if you push back on this from Maurice Walsh, I mean, all you have to think about is that, yeah, Caelan Ponga, Won a Dallium this year at what, one point whatever million he's 1. on. 4, I think. Billy Slater, the greatest fullback we've ever seen, got to Origin Game 1 and went, no, nah, Reese Walsh is the one I know. Mm. Yeah. I think that you're crazy if you don't think that he is a minimum $1 million player yep. right now, yeah. ready to go. Um, if he was to go on the open market, he could probably get fucking 1.5. He seriously could get 1.5, I reckon. Um, so, because, like, I don't think he'll end up in the halves, yeah. but... There's a chance he could. Why not? You know, what, like there's yeah. been players that have, he's he's actually not as small as he looks on TV. He's actually mm-hmm. about um, my height, which is about 181. And I thought he was like 175 or something like that. But he's actually not. Oh, he's a little bit short. He's about 180, 179. So he's, he's about, what, 5 foot 11. 
Five foot ten, five foot eleven, which is not big for a footy player, but when you watch him play, you think he's like, you know, yeah, quite small. Mm. Well, the, the way that he moves, he looks small. Mm. Like, well, it's almost like Billy Slater to a degree, because yeah. because he, he that low to that ground, kind of the way they move. But when you see him in person, you're like, oh, actually, he's he's not huge for a footy player. But same time, he's not tiny either. And that's the other thing about Reese Walsh. Like you can talk more about it, but like when the Broncos were at their best, they were arrogant. Mm. Yeah. They were. I mean, you might not like whatever they were because yeah. they knew they were the best. He knows he's the best. He walked into Origin and knew this is my arena. Yeah, it's the truth. And you could see them starting to play with that kind of swagger this yeah. year, this arrogance of like, we know our forward pack when we complete sets are going to blow you off the park. Um, yeah, so I don't think it's controversial. And I guess, yeah, keeping Walsh, man, and like someone's going to have to take unders. I just hope that player is aware <coughs> that when those unders are asked, don't expect to be paid back. Understand that you are making a sacrifice to win a comp, but there may come a time when they're going to go, we don't need you no more. See ya. I feel like you're looking at me, but you're not talking to me. <laughs> oh, am I talking? To oh, okay. I feel like you're almost t talking to whoever it might, might be at Brisbane. Oh, no, no. I mean, hey, Ezra. <laughs> Ezra, Reese, take some unders, baby. <laughs> then when we don't need you anymore, we're going to move you on. No, just joking. <laughs> we worth it though. We worth it. We win comps, hopefully. Fingers crossed. No, but I mean, that, that, and just I hope their manager and the club and everything. I mean, the club's always going to say that. Yeah, oh yeah. When Renault moves on, we'll give you the money. Blah blah blah. But if you go in as a young fellow with eyes wide open, then you can't get to that point and be shocked that it happens. I'd rather if I hope their management's going, mate. This is good for your career, but that when you do come for more money, hopefully they give it to you but it's not a guarantee. So you're making this decision aware that, you know, it's, you may not get that money back. Um, which I think, look, I think there's so much information out there now. Players do know that. I think maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you just got fully, fully wool pulled. You're just like, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's the reality of it. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, but a guy like Walsh and even Ezra Mann, to an extent, I do think Ezra's quite marketable. Again, the positive about being in Brisbane, there's just there's, there are quite a lot of businesses that will third party and get behind the boys. So hopefully that they make a little bit salary cap wise, but they get topped up with the third parties. Third parties is such an interesting conversation because like in no world are they fair because not every club has the same access to third party deals. Yep. So it's like, how the hell is that fair? But anyway, is what it is. <coughs> yes. uh, Titans just signed Harley Smith Shields. Oh really? Yeah, he was contracted. For another year at Canberra, but he's going now. Titans needed a centre. <laughs> so Parrot Eels have just like, <laughs> I don't get it. It's a good signing, but geez, they've got a lot of outside backs there. Well, you remember the yarn about Parrot Eels were going to get a guy mm. like Harley Smith Shields, and then because then they pulled out of it. So I wonder what, what that means for the Parrot halfback that they were the swap deal was going to be. Hang on, did I say Eels? No, you said Titans. Yeah, Titans. Titans signed him. Yeah, but yeah. Was, yeah. What I'm saying is, is that so clearly he, the Raiders were willing to let him go. Right, gotcha. And yeah. the Raiders had an opportunity, a good young centre coming through, and they've just sorry, the Eels had an opportunity, a good young centre, and they've just gone nah. It's interesting off the bra off the back of Brad Morkos too. That's two, that's gone, two young yeah. centres they've lost. Yeah, interesting. See where we go from there. Considering Jack was playing centre at the end of last year as well. Mm. I'll tell you what, hot boy up on the Goldie. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. Very fucking dangerous. Listen, stay away from Brody. Stay away from Burley Hill. Harley Smith Shields, you stay away from Burley. You stay away from Burley Hills. Burley Head Hill, dangerous area for a bloke like you. 
Um, and I know you're a, a gentleman and a scholar. You wouldn't be doing that at home reading. I know that. Um, <laughs> but sometimes you might want to, you know, your natural instinct as a hot boy will be to mosey on down to Burley Hill. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I'll, I'll hear about it. Trust me, Harley. I'll hear about it. And your name's Harley as well. Like, yeah. serious? If you're riding Harley in Burley, oh. Burley Hills with no shirt on, don't do it. Dinner for two. Dinner for two, baby. <laughs> Dinner for two. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, store shout outs. Uh, the Hill Bar and Kitchen in Jerangong. Lager on tap. In, uh, get in and enjoy the view and some bloke. That's the Hill Bar and Kitchen in Jerangong. I was How there good. two weeks ago, Kempi. Good spot. One of the greats, the Hill. It's on tap there too. So thanks to the Hill Bar and, Hill Bar and Kitchen in Jerangong. Uh, grab some lager. Uh, Brewfest West Tamworth Leagues. Bloke beer will be at Brewfest. <clears throat> If you're in the area, get around it. It's a great night at Scully Park. That's Brewfest West Tamworth Leagues. We will be at Brewfest. IGA Mossvale, a great supporter of blokes stocking both midi and lager. Liquor Emporium in St. Peter's. Tate has, uh, Tate has grabbed a heap of stock this week. Great independent bottle shop. And Liquor Emporium has supported us from day dot. So get in and support local independent liquor stores. Queensland, Maguire's Colmsley. Next to Colmsley Hotel, heaps of stock on hand. Black Nugget. Moran Bar, small town, big thirst, baby. Common ground sellers. Close to the University of Queensland, every black sheep bottle shop. A beer, beer, and a more beer. <laughs> Caxton Hotel and bottle shop. It's the home of rugby league. <laughs> so what, I'm already stinging to get back to the Caxton. Oh, no. Magic round come out. Do we, can we get some kind of fucking fee for how much we advertise the Caxton? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, you know what? It's, it's payback for all the memories, actually. You, probably, you know, you boys probably owe them money. No doubt. Uh, transfer whispers. Uh, Bradman Best reportedly going to reject from the Tigers, re-signed with the Knights. Great. I like it. Yeah, good get. I think uh, if I was Bradman Best and I was the left centre in the same team as KP, where do I sign? At that age as well? Yeah. You don't want to be going to a club that's struggling. You know, you've got plenty of years to do that. I like it. They're, they're building something nicely out there, the Knights, and there's just this almost – just low-key level, level of arrogance coming through them. Not in a bad way. They just they love their footy. They seem to get along like houses on fire, um, just like the Penrith boys do. And obviously, they've got a hell of a lot more to achieve. And, you know, you put your money where your mouth is, walk the walk and whatnot. But Brabham Best is such an integral part of that. Everything you see from the Knights on social media and the boys, Brabham Best seems to be focal to all of it. Mm. Uh, he's so important, that left-edge footy-wise. Mm. Greg Marju, the combination they're forging there, both in attack and defence. Marju this year who, you know, turned a real circle with his defensive side of his game. You know, you don't want to break up a combination of Best and Marju. Mm. KP, strong left edge. It's it's could be something special again. Especially year. if I'm Bradman Best coming out of my own end. Fuck, if there's anyone I want to take a hit up after, oh, if it's yeah. not Brian Totto, it's Greg. Absolutely. Uh, huge news. It's reported the Warriors are after <laughs> Kurt Catewell and are willing to offer him a three-year deal. Um... Now, it's all just reported, uh, and I don't have any inside info, but my guess is this is pretty bang on uh, because over the weekend uh, or the last week, Jordan Ricky has signed till 27, and Brendan Piacora has signed till 27 as well. Now, the reports are that he would get released immediately. I just wish, I hope, if we can fit it, that he stays for 24. I don't think Ricky and Piacora are both ready to be the starting uh, back rowers together. Mm. Um, I think Catewell still has a lot to offer as a veteran in that side as a starting back rower. But I understand the, the position the Broncos are in. It's like, 
we either have to release a veteran earlier and lose either Ricky or Piacora, or we have to risk losing the veteran, or, or sorry, keep the veteran. You know what I mean? So I get it just, ugh, in a perfect world, I wish you could stay for one more season to teach these young boys and then hand the mantle of, all right, boys, you just take over. I agree. I think yeah, if in 12 months you can offload Kate, well, it'll be perfect. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I think it'd be a good little get for the Warriors. Though. I think it'd be a great get, get for the Warriors. Yeah. Exactly what they need in that side because when you look at it like experienced kind of vet forwards, you've obviously got Toe Harris, but he's towards the end of his career. Adam's leaving. Outside of that, they don't really have high-end elite, like as in origin, all yep. that kind of stuff, forwards in their pack. Yeah, I, I think it'd be a good get. And yeah, I agree. I, I'm... Having those two young guys on your edges for Brisbane would worry me a little bit next year. It'd worry me quite a lot, actually. And not not the not them playing at their best. That doesn't that worries opposition. They they could kill it. It's just that every now and then one of them might have a bad game, and then the next week the other one has the bad game, and you're going shit. We've gone two weeks in a row where our edges have been a bit soft. Then they you know, and so you just don't get that with an experienced kind of veteran. Especially when you know you know, Stags has still got his problems in defence, and now you're without Herbie. And Cobo as change. well. Like if Cobo ends up over there. Mariner, a, dob, uh, a rookie as well. Yeah. So there's a lot to take in. Mm. I, th- I think P. Kura is, is going to be a star. Like the, the, he And he got 13, 12 or 13 odd games under his belt this season and some decent minutes at times as well. Mm. So, I mean, the first thing is if, if he does, Cape will get let go this year to go to the Warriors, that is such a vote of confidence in P. Kura to go, you know what, you might be a little bit raw, a little bit younger, but we know you can come in and do a job. I can also see sitting here in 12 months' time going, Pika came in to let Catewell go and he just killed it. Like, mm. what a decision mm. to let that happen. So, for sure, perfect world. Catewell stays another year. But, you know, it was only mid-season and maybe there was injuries, struggles or whatever. But Capewell, he was having some defensive issues himself. He mm. wasn't perfect. Overall for the season, it was, it was a solid year and he was, it was good there. But to bring in an explosive back role like Pika, who can be an 80-minute man, whether or not he's ready for that role, I don't know. But it might be worth gambling on. Well, it's definitely worth gambling on. Yeah. I think the gamble is absolutely – it's almost a, a sure thing in regards to – not a sure thing, but it's the smart gamble because it's like, as I said, yes, we all agree, keeping Kate Will there for just one more year is the safer option and you're going to learn more. But the long term of a Ricky Piacora edge back row for at least another three years, pretty bloody good. I can yeah. see there being 10 tries next year where – <clears throat> Reynolds hits Piacora on a short ball Slices through And he's just drawing past Fullback to Walsh Bang And just being like a staple Yeah Absolutely And so it, look If Ricky and Piacora You know Play as well as we know They can play Then it's a shrewd Like a credible decision By the Broncos They've timed it perfectly True, I, was, I was thinking Piacora on the right But Ricky's on the right It'd be an Ezra to Piacora Yeah because I've, I've seen, I feel, like, I feel like when Pekka started last year, he was predominantly on the right, but I think Ricky may have been out for a few games. So he'd probably just, not that it really matters, but just for footy nerd's sake, would Ricky stay on the right or would Pekka slot in to Kate Will on the left, do you think? I think you'd probably put Ricky, wherever you need good defence and experience, you'd put Ricky on that side, which would probably be with Mam, I'd assume. Uh, but, I mean, Mam's defence pretty pretty good most of the time. Uh Hopefully, Ricky can step up and be what Catewell is. Mm. Um, still relatively young, 24, 25, I think. Fair bit of experience, though, isn't uh, it? But yes, but he's played quite a bit of footy, and I thought he was outstanding this year. You know, <laughs> still has a lapse here or there, but I thought he was much better. I think he's year. matured a lot, Ricky. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was quite critical of him a year ago, but I think he has matured a lot. 
Okay. Well, it shows you. It shows you that they signed him until 2027. When there was at the start of this year, we were saying, "Do the Broncos even re-sign a guy like Ricky with all this talent? He just doesn't seem to be able to get it together for a full season." Yeah. I, I, yeah, I thought he's. I thought he's been incredible and he's matured out of sight. I, I was, when I sort of first saw it, I was like, um, you know, you know, what are the Warriors willing to pay Capel? I think that experience can be valuable and whatnot. But you know, getting on in his career, he's only 30. Yeah. Fair bit more to offer, like as far as age goes. Yeah. I don't know his body's going. But feels like he's so much older. It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I, I think it's because he had a bit of an injury run at Broncos, not where he was missing heaps of footy, but mm. it was just you knew that he was injured. Mm. And so I think that a lot of us were sitting here going, oh, his body's starting to fall apart. Yeah. But he might have just gotten un unlucky to a degree. Yeah. Um, Because it wasn't that long ago that he was like, – wasn't he playing centre for Queensland and just yeah. shutting us down? And, and also, it wasn't like long ago, he was Mr. Durable. Yeah. Like he was the guy you stuck in and he could get through a million yeah. tackles. So I, I, I'm happy for both parties, to be honest. Kate well getting a three-year deal if he does. And he has worked with uh, Webster at the Panthers, which is good. Um, and great re I mean, for the Broncos to re-sign Ricky and Piacora till 27, a few years ago, we don't do this. We lose one of them a few years yeah. ago. I think it's a great sign for the club. It's just got to get Ezra Mam across the line and then re the next year and... Oof. I think uh, would Cable have even played with SJ at the Sharkies? I think their time might have overlapped there Maybe. as well. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, so, man, I'm so excited to see Piacora next year. Oh, yeah. Fuck, he's good. You mean animal? Fucking so good. Um, okay. Super coach pick there, Kempi. No, no, don't go, don't go in, mate. He's a rookie. Uh, <laughs> no, don't go in. Too risky, mate. Too risky. And people just paying massive overs for him as well, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know why they do it. Not reading the numbers like I am, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, now uh, it's reported uh, Multiple reports surrounding AFB uh, Three clubs that seem to be leading the charge Bulldogs, Tigers, Dragons Bulldogs were pictured I think Meeting AFB um, ooh, I'd like to see him at the, the Bulldogs I really would They need a middle don't they Yeah massively I mean, there's not many teams that don't need AFB to be fair But Canterbury, definitely one of them A uh, little sidebar how good is this fiasco about Gus just getting photographed every time he picks up a fork? I love it. I love it. You see him post the other day. He's like, he posted a picture of where he was having lunch in case anyone wanted oh. to come by. So oh, good. Yeah. He's the best. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be a great get for Canterbury. Great for those other two clubs as well. But you feel like Canterbury, they truly are just a middle forward short of doing something. Yeah. What an impact he would make to the dogs. Changes everything. It, it does change everything for that team. I would love to see him at the Bulldogs. The Tigers is an interesting one. Like another middle forward is probably not exactly not they not that it wouldn't be great value to yeah. them, but probably not what they need. We always talk about that the Dragons pack. They're just lacking a bit of X factor, mm. a bit of punch, a little something extra. <coughs> He'd be tremendous for them as well to see him lob at the Dogs or Dragons. I think the Dragons would have to pay big, big money to get him there. A massive, like I'm talking like one point two. Wouldn't you love to be in? Wouldn't you love to be a fly on the wall for a Gus Gould contract negotiation conversation with a player trying to get him to a club? Yeah. Especially a guy that he's already got to a club yeah. previously. Yeah. yeah. Tell you what, though, if the Tigers manage to get Lua and they get AFB as well, they're just getting into Roosters' areas the way they're Oh, yeah, they, surely it's, it's one or the other. Yeah, so true. You used to bet, like, adding two, what? If they get them both, and I know the Luai chat's 2025 more so, but... 1.1 mil and then for Noah Blake he probably he'd be eight to nine probably 800 or so as well like something's got to give there see I reckon for Noah Blake's going to try to get a million easy because he's already on about a million I think at the Warriors and maybe the Warriors will chuck in some cash actually no why would they do that it's a lot of biggie 
why would, why would they chuck in cash when he's the one that wants to release early? It's yeah. like, mate, and the other thing is, like, if the dogs have the money to spend, as you say, Camby, you've got it there, you've got the cap space, you've got to do it. So Just if you want it. to move, if you've got it there and well, you, you definitely need a middle pack. forward. Mate, you look at that forward pack, they, they absolutely need him. Yeah. Like, I'd go as high as 1.2 for him if I'm the dog. If I had 1.2, I'd go as high as 1.2 for him for, a, I don't know, two or three-year deal. You're off your rocket, mate. Yeah, I'm not paying 1.2 for him. At the dogs, two. if I had that, that in, much. if I had that in the the um the cap space at the dogs, 100, 100. That's what they need. For a prop. That's what they need. Okay, what, what else are they going to spend on? <sighs> yeah, well, I wouldn't be paying that much. Only for paying. Well, how else would you spend though. the money? What else would you spend the money on? Who? Tell yeah, me. Oh, no, I've, I haven't. Um, oh, you oh, give me eight seconds to think about it. You don't would, have the transfer. Well, it's been, it's been 15 seconds by now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I wouldn't be paying that much for AFB. But I would add the dogs 100%. If I had, my squad was like essentially full. Mm. And I had three or four more spots left and I had $1.2 million in the cap. I'd absolutely be getting him because right now, like who's their front row? Max King and Sutton maybe. Sutton's there. And look, they probably don't have $1.2 million in the cap, but I'd go as high as one point two for him. Uh, on a not a long term deal, on a two to three year deal. I mean, like this close to the next season, like obviously coming into December, you know, if the money's in the cap, and I know that there's definitely not, as you said, sort of alluded to, Kevin, there's not a lot of players on the market, especially going in next year. If you could almost go, all right, we'll sign you on 1.2 next year because we've got it, but for year two and three, you're back to 800 or something. And sometimes they do that. Sometimes yeah. they but do we've that. We've got the money, well, there's no place yeah. Payne Haas wants a million. Mm. And his numbers are relatively similar. Like, I, I think Payne Hass is a better front row, but there's some people that think AFB is better. And, and Payne Hass is on about a million at the Broncos. That's where I go. If I'm the Bulldogs and I have that money, uh, like 100% I'm paying at least a million. I'd go at probably as high as 1.2 on a short-term deal. Uh, there's no way I'm signing him on like a five-year deal, a yeah. million dollars a year. I reckon Gus is spitting his soup listening to you. He'd be filthy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, filthy? Sorry, Gussie. What about 500K and a pub? <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Um, but if you if you see a pub called Fanua's Frothies, <laughs> it's not his. I promise, it's not his. It'd be the last pub in the world you'd fuck around in, right? Oh fuck! He's a security guard owner. <laughs> yeah. Pours the beers. Yeah. Anyway, well, okay. How much would you pay for him? Eight. Eight. I I, I wouldn't. I'm you not paying. You've got to remember the salary cap's gone up. Sure, sure. I, I wouldn't be paying that You've much for a front row forward. I've had five minutes now, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't pay that much for a front row forward. Okay, okay. I'll go 850. I'm same as Guru. I don't want to pay big, big money for a front row. Look, the problem is, though, he's on a million now. So, and if the Dragons come in, for example, and pay him, offer him a million. Like, if the Dragons offer him 1.1 and you're the Bulldogs, will you just say nut? Nah? I'm talking blank canvas. Let's not consider. No, let's, no, I'm talking let's consider market pressure. I'm not talking like. You know, value, but I'm talking about where that squad is right now. And okay, so, rock up so, tomorrow. so Bulldogs right now heading into next year. Yep, he'd rock up tomorrow. I need more information on the finances, Campy. <laughs> let's, let's say they've got $1 million in the cap. Would you give him that $1 million? Yeah, the dog, okay, not a blank canvas. From a doggy's perspective, they've got money in the cap. They're going into next year. They need a front rower. Sure, and they've got 1.2 there. I'd give it to him. Mm. I don't think he's worth that much. I think he will have fallen in a fortunate spot. I mean, he's getting out of his contract at the Warriors. So, mm. um, yeah, I'll give him 1.2 if it's there because the doggies need it shit and they'd have the money. Mm. Blank canvas, I don't think he's worth that much. Mm. But if circumstances dictate that, then sure. Guru? 
Uh, yeah, I sort of agree with what Tim said. I guess, you know, if it's for next season and that's your spot, sure, but I think it's massive overs. I'd be tying into it, as I said before. You know, if you want to next year, but from 25, 26, you're back to your eight or nine or whatever it is. Yeah. Mm. You've got to remember that it was only a couple of years ago. I think Jesse Bromwich was on nearly a million dollars at the Storm. Mm. But so, that, that was a heavily back-ended deal, wasn't it? Well, I mean, regardless of what it was, he was on a million bucks, I'm pretty sure. Oh, for sure, but that's, yeah. yeah okay. Essentially, they, yeah, they'd front-end it for like next year and go, for, we'll give you 1.4 next year. But and then the salary seven, cap's seven, gone seven. up since then by yeah, yeah, 25%. Yeah. So any, anyone that was on 850 back in the day, that's about a million dollars now. We need to work out that, don't we, when we say like yeah. back in the day and that we need to work out what the percentage rise has been mm. from say like five, 10 years ago when we refer to it just to make it easy. Yeah, because I, I don't think it's that outrageous to say he's worth $1 million yeah. right now only because, and you might go, well, he's not in a key position, blah, blah. It's because of his body shape of who he, like show me all the best clubs. They all have one big bopper that can just fucking bowl through defenders. Um, and there's probably, what, four or five in the game? Payne Haas, uh, Nass, Adam Fenua Blake, um, Fisher Harris, even though he's not as big, but he's fucking so good that he is. Well, he was the one I was about to mention. If you're Canterbury, what, what would you sign Fish for next year? Because as good as all these guys are, Payne Haas, AFB, they're all monsters, none of them can get over the top of Fish. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Essentially it's, ever. Well, it's hard to measure it because it's like, is that because... Everyone's bought into the system and he's the tip of the spear. Three-year deal for AFB doggies right now. What are you giving him for his three years? Are you still giving him his 1.2 every year? Is in, is in right now. Three-year uh, deal, AFB to the doggies. How much for three years? I'd probably go, if I, like perfect world, I'd probably go 900, a mil, 1.1, perfect world. And what they need for a squad right now in Bulldogs. Um, Market pressures, desperate for a big a big bopper that can genuinely change games. I'm going probably fucking one, one point one, one point two. Um, because again, in reality, in the current salary cap that we're used to, that is actually eight, eight fifty, nine hundred kind of thing. Mm. But it's a, it's a, we're going to have to get used to that new number. Off-season job. Yeah. Off-season jobs where we can just go, all right, it's gone up this much in the last, since, let's say, decade, mm. so that we can actually have a figure to refer to when we say, yeah. well, back in the day, yeah. we need to we need a yeah. formulate this. It'd be figure. interesting to see like, how far away it is until we're, you know, it's probably a few decades away until we're sitting here going, you can't pay $2 million for a front row forward. No, it's crazy. But it will be, like, 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 I'm sure the equivalent back in the day for a Shane Webke, like paying him. 500k would have been outrageous. Well, I remember like Darren Locker in that. They were all, it's like four or 500k yeah. and he was just like, oh, that's massive. I remember, time. yeah, like um, Wayne Bennett when he was around the Knights and signing players around there. And I remember him saying that like he'd, he'd never spend up big for a front rowers. It was the way he built his squads mm. and and there were times where like big names wanted to go with him. He was like, no, I'm not paying more than 400k for my mm. gun front rower sort of thing. Yeah, it's crazy how times change. Um, but yeah, Adam from North Blake. Definitely a needle mover, definitely a gun. Uh, and we have to remember, Dally M front row of the year right mm. now, currently. Strike while the iron's hot. I think wherever he lands, he won't get less than a million dollars, I reckon. I reckon he'll definitely get at least a million dollars. Um, outside of that, Toby Rudolph, re-signed till 2026. Great news for the big fella. Yeah, good. I like Toby Rudolph. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of him. Uh, he had to go around the hard way. I remember watching him play. I think it was a... It was a state championship in South Wales versus Queensland Cup. I remember watching him one day, and I'm pretty sure he did like an ACL or something in one mm. of those games or something. And, you know, normally when you see an ACL, 
reserve grade at the age he was at, you go, oh, that's probably curtains. Yeah. Somehow he's managed to fight his way, not only into first grade, but a consistent player in one of the better forward packs, realistically. Was it the, was it the Billy Magulius chip chase final, State Cup? I that think might, it might have even been before that. Earlier. Yeah, I've got a feeling. I think so, yeah. Never forget, though. Never. Big Billy Magulius, one of the The best three weeks of footy yeah, ever. Yeah. Unreal. <laughs> Uh, Jacob Saifidi has reportedly signed with Knights for three years. Great re-signing. Love this. Um, but that's us done and dusted, boys. How good. That's us done and dusted. As usual, we'll go and fuck ourselves. Thank you. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.